the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Shout out to our super producer, Casey Pegram. And a very special shout out to our super producer, Max Williams. I'm Ben. Noel, Max is with us today. He's with us corporeally, or at least in, in, in Zoom form. Which is basically, it's good. It's about the best we can hope for these days. Digitiporally, we'll work it mm -hmm. out. We'll work on that whatever, one. Whatever it takes. Max, dude, would you like to say a few words to, to mark the occasion? Hey, everyone. Uh, I guess these are first few words. Uh, yeah, super excited to be here. Um, <laughs> super fun. I mean, first time here, so I, I don't know. That's about all I got to say. First time lurker. Uh, no, <laughs> long time lurker, first time talker. <laughs> Yes, welcome, Max. Thank you for joining us today. Now, Max has been doing a ton of work with us behind the scenes, and you know how we are. We're we're big fans of, of grabbing our friends and colleagues for the show, and... Sometimes against their will, but they usually warm up to the idea eventually. Yes, yeah, yeah. Consent is key. Uh, so today, Max, Noel, and I are exploring a strange tale from Pascagoula, Mississippi. No, Noel, have you spent much time in Mississippi? I have spent basically, effectively zero time in Mississippi. I imagine that I have passed through it. Nothing really specifically comes to mind as far as like a notable occurrence in my life taking place in Mississippi. But I do love the name Pascagoula. It sounds like kind of spooky. I think it's because of the ghoul part. Maybe it makes me think that it's like a some sort of creepy town where, you know, ghouls live. But I don't think that's the case at all. But there were some creepy occurrences that took place in Pascagoula three years into World War II in the summer of 1942. It was something of a ghoul. 
a, a bit of a, a creeper, a lurker of the night. Um, but thankfully, there were no throats cut. There were no people smothered with pillows where they slept. But they there were some non-consensual haircuts afoot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where this already starts out in a pretty unique way. So imagine you're in Law and Order Pascagoula. Dum, 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 dum. You get to the you get to the scene of the crime where someone has been. Uh, I shouldn't laugh. Where someone has been in a way assaulted, but not sexually, and they haven't been physically harmed in terms of their limbs, but their egos may have taken a tremendous blow because. <laughs> Their hair was gone. Uh, and I, I don't think they were shaved. Their, their entire heads weren't shaved, but they were kind of like uh, there were slapdash locks cut off, right? Yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get more into the aesthetics of it as we go along. But uh, like I said, I think I'm going to go with the phrase like you do for ambulances, Ben, non-consensual Ubers. These are non-consensual haircuts. In 1942, this is all kind of, you know, uh, surrounding this war effort. The U.S. was absolutely in a nasty, nasty state. Socially, societally, Pearl Harbor, you know, obviously freaked everybody out and was a real kind of like come to Jesus moment in terms of like, okay, maybe we're not as invincible as we thought against outside enemies. Um, and so all of these young strapping men went off to fight the Germans and the Japanese overseas. Uh, and of course, you know, as we know, like with um, Rosie the Riveter and that whole campaign, women were taking over all these factory jobs that were once held down by men. And these small towns suddenly became responsible for generating tons of stuff needed for the war effort. Yeah, exactly. Pascagoula is one of the many historically smaller towns that have been transformed by the war. So they originally had a population of about 5,000, if you want to ballpark it. And in a very short amount of time, that ballooned. It trebled to 15,000. And a larger population means a couple things, right? First, it can be a huge boost for the local businesses, but it also means, you know, it. to put it loosely, uh, more people, more problems. The police force uh, is overwhelmed trying to keep all these newcomers in line. There's an uptick in drunken brawls, break-ins, all the petty street crime, but by far, the Phantom Barber was the menace that took people most by surprise and that most people came to worry about on a nightly basis. I do want to point out that sometimes, just a quick amendment here, sometimes he was able to get a full head of hair off people, I think. I mean, obviously, this is more innocuous than a serial killer who is building some kind of macabre shrine out of the uh, severed limbs of his victims. But you got to wonder what the Phantom Barber was doing with this uh, pilfered hair. It's interesting, though, he had kind of a leg up because of the kind of army occupation of this town, because the army had something called blackout regulations that made it easier for him to, to get his dirty deed done. Yeah, absolutely. At this time, resources were at a premium, and it wasn't uncommon for either due to economic concerns or due to security concerns. It wasn't uncommon for the army to institute restrictions on things. You know, food could be rationed at times, rubber, steel, those industries were affected. And then blackout regulations were considered, in this case, they were considered a security 
matter or a patriotic duty because the idea was that if you turned off lights, electric lights at night, then it would be more difficult for enemy forces to figure out where they should bomb, which makes sense. People could have lights on at their houses, right? They just had to have blackout curtains. Exactly. Um, But I think maybe, yeah, I don't know. Blackout curtains to me seem like a little bit more of a, maybe a modern innovation, but that's not necessarily true. They would have had to use maybe cardboard or even paint the windows, you know, to have them be opaque so the light wouldn't come in. But I think rather than do that, some people maybe just turn the lights out a little earlier than normal. Yeah, that seems less hassle, right? Mm -hmm. It does seem less. Remember that episode we did about the very innovative Frenchman who built the tiny scale model of uh, of Paris to try mm-hmm. to throw off the bombers. Similar, right? Because if they if they killed the lights in the actual city and they built this uh, kind of you know model where from the sky it would look much like you were seeing the the Paris skyline, you would only be able to achieve that if actual Paris was totally blacked out. So this all tracks. And let's let's look at how these crimes began. As you said, Noel, this begins in 1942. On Friday, June 5th, 1942, two women living at a convent called Our Lady of Victories, one Mary Evelyn Briggs and one Edna Marie Heidel, uh, they were shocked when they saw a guy climbing out of their bedroom window. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. 
$45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. And they saw him as he was leaving. Uh, They were unharmed, but each of them was missing a lock of hair. And Max, if we could get a little like... um, Something kind of unsolved mystery vibe, but not close enough to that to get us sued while we give you a dramatic reading from the Greenville News. Noel, you want to do the honors on this one? Oh, by all means, Ben. The only victim of a hair shear who woke in time to see the barber was Mary Evelyn Bridges at Our Lady of Victory's convent. I saw a figure of a kind of short, fat man, she said bending over me with something shiny in his hand, and he was fooling with my hair. When he saw me open my eyes, he said, Shh! I yelled. He jumped out the window. So he had to be in at least kind of decent shape. He's jumping through windows and whatnot. Uh, Look, at this time, similar to the situation with the mad gasser, everybody in town, everybody in the nation is pretty paranoid. Things are tense. Uh, There's a lot of propaganda asking you to consider whether or not your neighbor is indeed a spy. So this very weird attack didn't do much to make people feel safer in their homes. And by the time the next Monday rolls around, the town is rife with stories and rumors and the game of telephone is already beginning. People are embellishing, adding details. And this, we can only imagine may have been an incentive of sort to the prowler. And this is where we go, you know what? We're not going to, maybe we call this Law and Order Pascagoula, but maybe it's the episode that leads us to the spinoff, Law and Order Hair Crime. Exactly. There's a special unit. What, what, what is it? Uh, in the criminal justice system, some crimes are of a, uh, what is it, hair suit nature? Maybe um, a hairy person. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, what's that word? Hair, hair suit? Doesn't that refer to someone that's hairy? Yeah, that's what I think. Okay, okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. These are their stories. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's like, to me, though, this is scary. Because I look at cutting a lock of hair as sort of a pervy, creepy, fetishy thing. Um, that That is how I see it. Uh, unless he, again, he has some, like, you know, grand scheme of building the ultimate wig, Frankenstein, to get. That's still creepy and pervy in and of itself. But, like, we know that people have, like, hair fetishes. But it's interesting because hair, you know, is ultimately a, a waste product. Um, there's a really great article in the New Statesman um, that kind of breaks the very unusual and fraught uh, human hair trade down. Apparently it has quite a rich uh, political um, backstory, but it's true. I mean, you know, like wigs made out of human hair are the more sought after ones and more expensive. My kid is really into wigs, for example. The synthetic ones are apparently a lot more difficult to style, but there are other historical uses for human hair. For example, it can be used to strengthen kind of mud uh, and dung wall, you know, situations in like adobe huts uh, or in Indian villages where they're using this as like kind of like a conduit to to bind things together. It can be used in in Irish vegetable gardens. Um, Hair is sometimes mixed with other substances to repel snails, um, and it can be woven into mats and I always forget about this one, but it, it can be used to soak up oil spills. Yeah, yeah, it can. It can also be wound into ropes that can be 
well, generally they're put around rickshaws to ward off bad luck. But you're right. The hair trade, the human hair trade in specific, is pretty old. It was also not always super happy fun time for the people involved in the trade. In 1840, Thomas Trollope, with an E, watched hair dealers rounding up peasant girls and shearing them like sheep. And if you were in prisons, workhouses, or hospitals in England in the 1800s, you might find your head shaved, and those institutions might sell your hair for an extra bit of income. And it's weird because this was such a problem, as the New Statesman reports, that during some waves of U.S. immigration, immigrants who considered themselves hair dealers were actually barred from Ellis Island. Still, they were able to get in, and soon there was a booming hair industry in the Big Apple in New York City itself. That's right. I just want to double back to like the, you know, the shaving of someone's head, especially a woman when they're incarcerated, for example, uh, it's like a dehumanizing thing to do. Right. It's like saying like you are no longer you no longer have an identity because so many people tie their sense of self to the way they look. And so much of the way some people look is tied to the way they wear their hair. So it really is kind of a twofold thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's ancient precedents to this. We can rightly assume that many people from earlier cultures felt roughly the same. Like there's the one of the most infamous stories of non-consensual haircuts comes from the story of Samson, right? Mm -hmm. uh, where he has where he has his hair and then and thereby his strength removed because he gets he gets suckered in by a con artist. But there are newer versions of these crimes uh, because the industry is so lucrative the underground element gets involved. And before, way before the Phantom Barber of Pascagoula, there were already hair criminals and they were robbing particularly women of their hair. This was like a well-known crime. I, I, it was in 1863. The hairdresser's journal wrote a piece about this trend, both to warn people and to sell more <laughs> editions of the hairdresser's journal. Max, can you kick in that music again? Perfect. Even in the present day, it has happened over and over again that a good crop of hair has been laid in wait for and shorn from the trembling victim who has only been too glad to get free with but the loss of her hair. So they're saying, hey, at least they didn't die. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, the Times of London actually reported on this uh, in April of 1869 with the headline, Hair Thieves. Not alarmist at all. An American paper states that in consequence of the demand for hair of peculiar colors and shades, a new brand of kleptic industry, as I love that, kleptic industry, has sprung up in New York. The tresses dangling behind the head are easy prey. So that's correct. People are literally running up behind these women and then <laughs> trying to get as much hair as they can as quickly as possible. This is, to say the least, and a troubling, if not traumatic, experience. And you'll see other reports from different magazines and papers of the day in Europe and in the U.S. But there's something else at play here. Yep. You see, there's not there, there are people stealing hair for a financial motive, but then there are also people who have, frankly, a fetish as their primary motivator. And when they cut off someone's hair, 
overwhelmingly a woman's hair. They're not planning to sell it. They covet it. They take it home. They take. They hide it. They they touch and caress and smell at it. It's mm-hmm. it's weird. It's like a, a control over someone. A hundred percent. I mentioned that at the top of the show. That, that definitely feels a little bit more like what this uh, phantom barber was up to, especially with the whole home invasion aspect of it. Uh, and the thing that I was getting at that I didn't quite get to um, is it feels like there's potential for escalation here. A lot of times, you know, maybe someone who has the potential to be rapist or a murderer will start off kind of like edging at the ultimate crime, right? Like you start off by breaking in and cutting a lock of hair, but then that stops doing it for you. And then you have to like, you know, take it to the next level. And that's the kind of thing you see in those Law and Order episodes all the time. And it would certainly be addressed in Law and Order hair crimes. But these uh, hair fetishists, there's a couple of names for them that seem maybe a little dated or like they were coined back in these days, but I'd mm-hmm. never heard of these before. Uh, and they're fascinating. One of them is called uh, Plate Cutter. Oh, that's P-L-A-I-T. Correct. Uh, or hair despoilers, which kind of makes me think that they're doing something to the hair afterwards when they get it home. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're just washing it. But this is this is a, a family show. There's there's also I do want to step back and, and point out another huge piece of mythology and folklore here, which is that hair, along with things like teeth or nail clippings, toe and fingernail clippings, are are often considered to have religious or even magical significance. It's totally. a true story. Like, if you get your hair cut in some parts of the world today, the common practice is to burn it so that a miscreant magician will not gather it for some nefarious use. Well, and let's not forget, I mean, the modern, you know, version of magic in so many ways is science. And uh, what are you looking for if you're trying to, like, you know, pin a crime on somebody and you want to match their DNA with something that's seen the crime? There's that old trick where, you know, you you pluck a piece of their hair while they're sleeping or something like that. Or you, you go in, you know, to their bathroom and, like, look for, you know, lip marks on a glass or something like that. Or you steal a toothbrush. But hair absolutely contains all of that. And they also say that hair samples is one of the only ways you can tell if someone has done certain classes of drug before. Like there is a, you know, like a urine sample is is one level, but it won't reveal everything. Hair, apparently sort of like the rungs of a tree or the rings Mm -hmm. in the inside of a tree has much more of a history to it as to like what someone has consumed. And you can see uh, if someone has done uh, classes of psychedelic drugs that won't show up in other tests. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Noel, because for anyone wondering, I believe the ballpark is about seven years. Your hair is about a seven-year record of your encounters with certain substances. There are, I I remember hearing there are shampoos that can do something, but I would be very, if you're in a situation where that matters, I would read very carefully about their efficacy. (laughs) And it's a much more expensive test. So, you know, if uh, your employer is going for that one, they mean business, you know, in terms of like they're not going to let anything slide. Um, mm-hmm. Thankfully, we work in podcasting and so we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. No comment. But <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about this next attack. So we said the barber clearly is pretty excited. This is their first reported attack. It is quite possible that they're just one of the many people who moved to Pascagoula recently and that they have been doing other stuff, escalating up to this uh, in some other town somewhere else. 
but they appeared to love the press or they couldn't control themselves because just a few days later, Monday, June 8th, 1942, at the home of the Petey family, the barber cuts a slit in a window screen. He crawls inside. His victim, a six-year-old child, oh. Carol Petey, sleeping next to her twin brother. He only wanted the young lady's hair, though. Interesting. Creepy. Yeah, super creepy. Remember, you know, Gabe, sometimes when we do these kind of like stories of these weird lone wolf creepers, oftentimes there's like a series of toys um, from the, I think, early 90s called Monster in My Pocket. And Mm -hmm. there definitely was one of the uh, Jersey Devil. And there was definitely one of the Mad Gasser. Don't know if the Phantom Barber is quite ghoulish enough to make that collection, but I, I would be interested to see if that, he usually includes that as a little addendum at the end. And by the way, there was a monster in my pocket edition of, of this figure. No, it's true. And he seems to be getting more bold, doesn't he? This time he was a little sloppy and he left a clue behind for the, uh, the hair squad, um, the hair crime unit to take a look at. It was a footprint near the window. And back then, like, you know, they didn't have DNA tests, but a footprint... You could match it. You'd, you'd, you'd literally have to, like, do your detective work and go around to various shoe stores and, like, you know, take the print and, like, like say, have you seen this shoe? You know? I love that. I love the analog uh, nature of this early kind of detective work, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a noir Cinderella, but we're looking for a creep rather than a princess. The point about escalation is key. Oftentimes, unfortunately, as you know, if you're a fan of true crime, these sorts of individuals can escalate both their sexual and their physical violence to the point where murder can come into play. And it looks like our barber is getting more and more violent very quickly. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? 
Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's only the next Friday night, June 13th, when he invades the home of the Heidelberg family. And just like his M.O. with previous attacks, he cuts the window screen, he enters through the window, but instead of just cutting hair and then sneaking away, he attacked the couple with an iron bar. And he actually knocked out some of Mrs. Heidelberg's front teeth, knocked her husband unconscious, so that's a concussion at the very least. And it happened so quickly that neither of the Heidelbergs could really describe their attacker, even, you know, even to the degree that Mary did earlier. They couldn't say this is a short, rotund man. They said, I don't know what happened, you know, but this guy knocked my teeth out. And so the police, they're already, remember, overwhelmed by a huge population growth of like 10,000 strangers. But they find six men, they deputize them, they bring in bloodhounds. Oh, yeah. And they say, they say, let's get on the case. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, indeed. Sorry, I actually watched an SVU last night, so that theme is embedded deep, deep, deep within my psyche right now. But yeah, you bring in the bloodhounds, you know the pitchforks are next, you know, torches. I mean, they are after this guy, literally, you know, out for blood, which is what the bloodhounds are, are searching for. Um, everybody knows that. But the dogs were able to pick up a scent, presumably from a pair of blood-stained gloves. Um, this, this totally supports my thesis. On, like, the outskirts of town, the edge of the woods, kind of. But that's where they lost the trail. And the police believed that the criminal behind these attacks had stored a bicycle somewhere in the woods to make his daring escape on a bike. That doesn't sound very exciting to me. But, I mean, you know, it's, it's functional. So, fortunately, the Heidelbergs have survived. But everyone is panicking now. Even the people who had perhaps more of a level head during the previous two attacks, 
Men decreed that they wouldn't work night shifts at the ship factories anymore because they needed to stay home and protect their family, or at least their family's hair. And this had a direct impact on production for the war efforts. Now there's going to be some federal pressure coming in. The police are at a loss. What the heck is going on? They offer a $300 reward for information. Ooh, Ben, I'm already there. Can I do it this time? Yeah, Noel, how about you do the honors with a little bit of inflation calculation there? All right. That would be the equivalent of about $1,526.76 in today money, which to me seems, that seems a little light, doesn't it? For, for a, home in, a home invader who's knocking out teeth and slicing locks? Well, they may have had the threat of federal pressure, but they weren't getting federal funding for this. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. They were already in a very vulnerable position. Women outright refused to go out at night. People started applying for firearm permits. They were getting ready. They sensed a pattern, and they predicted there would be another attack. As Mental Floss points out, in this case, their predictions were correct. The final attack that we know of occurs on a Sunday night. Mrs. R.E. Taylor has her hair non-consensually cut. Uh, She said she had been woken by something with a sickening smell passing over her nose. Yikes, so he's a smelly boy, too. Uh, it makes sense, you know? He's, he's obviously a some sort of societal outcast, you know, who has no way of interacting with human beings. I mean, you, you gotta wonder, though, was he known? He seems like he would not do well just socially, and he would he would be seen as kind of a miscreant or, like, someone who couldn't really just get get on day-to-day with, with normal people. That's just my theory, though. So yeah. I, I'm wondering if he lived out in the woods or something and was sleeping rough, like you say, Ben. Like, uh, if, if that's why, maybe that's why he smelled bad. And everybody noticed, like, I, so the way that a lot of Law and Order episodes get written is they want to clearly telegraph who the criminal is, right? First mm-hmm. rule is it's almost always going to be the famous guest star. <laughs> and, and that's always a lot of fun. But in this, uh, I picture... Like, I I picture maybe police just not putting together the puzzle. Like, there's a guy who comes into town once a week or so or every few days to pick up some really specific groceries. The only person he talks to is the cashier, and all he wants to talk about is people's hair. So he's like, hey, did you see a look at that lady? Going through the the blonde hair. What do you think about that? They're like, "Uh, yes, sir, it's Sunday. People get dressed up. And he's like, yeah, what do you... How long do you think it takes for them to do their hair like that? What do you think about that? <laughs> dum, 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 dum. So, so I like it seems the theory that someone might be sleeping rough seems to have some sand, I would argue. It sounds like they weren't showering, or maybe they were trying to apply some sort of chemical. This is oh, this is what, uh, maybe maybe that's the smell of something like a right. chloroform rag or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot of people have this misunderstanding of chloroform from the world of fiction. You can't really just pop it over someone's mouth and then take it away and have them insensate for a long time. You have to keep it on. Oh, is interesting. My understanding. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It always seems like a magic bullet whenever you see it done in these these films where people come and sneak up behind them. They're just out like a light, you know, indefinitely. And then they wake up in some sort of, you know, hair-covered lair. That's what I'm picturing. Just mm-hmm. locks of hair all over the wall woven into, like, weird garlands or something. I really do think this feels like an episode of Law & Order. Ben, are you familiar with the term, obviously there's who done it, but then there's how catch them, where they show you who it is at the beginning, and then you, like, just kind of have to see how the uh, detectives or the, you know, crack team of investigators catch the individual? I've never heard that. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, What's an example? A, uh, there's a show called Luther um, starring Idris Elba, um, mm-hmm. where at the very beginning of every episode, you see it's like a cold open where you see a crime taking place and you very clearly see who the, who the killer is. And then you see them in, you know, their daily lives. And oftentimes they cross paths with the investigators or there's someone who they're actively looking into. Columbo is a how catch them. You always see who the killer is or who the criminal is at the very beginning, and you know who it is throughout the whole show. The twist isn't in who they are. The twist is in how they're caught. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, it's interesting. And there's a little human detail we have to add for Miss R.E. Taylor. For anyone who's ever had a perm, you understand that this is something this can be kind of a big deal. It makes you feel nice when you have mm-hmm. your hair done. Uh, she is further upset by this attack because she has just gotten a perm. And now she's lost two inches of it. She woke up feeling ill. One way that newspapers of the time reported the case is they referred to this criminal as a tonsorial artist. Tonsorial is a fancy dressed up word for barber or the work of a barber. I did not know that. I, I had no idea. That's great. Um, so, you know, pressure is mounting uh, uh, to, to lo- for local law enforcement to find somebody to pin this on. Because, you know, you, you can't have somebody just willy-nilly running around this town when everyone's under so much pressure and stress because the boys being off at war and all of these ships they got to build. They got to build. The, I don't know if we mentioned specifically, but they're Stock and trade here in Pascagoula was building warships. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal, and that's a lot of work. So this isn't cool. Uh, This is not doing much good for anybody's mental health. So the cops are very much looking to pin this on somebody. And uh, they get their wish in the form of a William Dolan. A 57-year-old chemist sounds exactly like uh, everything we've been saying in terms of, like, you know, the the profile, right? He's a 57-year-old chemist. And he had had beef with Mr. Heidelberg's father, who was a local magistrate, and that was over a legal issue. So they believed that he maybe had attacked the couple out of revenge. But see, that detail here doesn't track to me, Ben. These previous attacks, clearly, again, we're we're not looking for someone who's out for revenge. We're looking for someone who's out to kind of get some sort of sick thrill or pleasure out of this crime, Uh, not someone who's trying to, you know, make a statement. Yeah, this so they're good. Everybody strap in. There are going to be some uh, tw- twists and turns here. <laughs> so, from the Daily Times, we can get a breaking news sound, Max. Perfect. From the Daily Times, Police Chief A.W. Aswell claimed today that the fat Barbara woke into at least 10 homes to cut the hair of the sleepy occupants is William A. Dolan, 57, a German educated chemist. Dolan, as Aswell announced, has been in jail for three weeks and is charged with the attempted murder of the Heidelbergs. His motivation, as Aswell charged, was to impair the morale of war workers. <laughs> Which sounds oh, like some Oh, they're politicizing it now. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But here's okay. the thing. Here's the thing. Because it does, like, we're making a very easy, understandable case for why the police would want to scapegoat 
which mm-hmm. happens, which does happen. But they knew that his problems with the local magistrate due to his earlier arrest a few months back for trespassing didn't directly tie him to the invasions. But when they went to his house to search his house, dude, they found a huge bundle of human hair behind his home. Whoa. Do you think they like planted it on him, dude? I mean, that really, that's a little on the nose there. I don't know. That is fascinating. Um, Can't a man just have his hairball? I mean, come on. You know, this is America. But that whole idea of this is America really played into it in the whole wartime kind of mindset. Because like we said, this gentleman was of German descent. So of course the press jumped right on that and started calling him a Nazi saboteur who was known to have German sympathies. You know, and and this was just absolutely a perfect excuse to railroad this gentleman. Exactly. Yes. So he insisted he was innocent, but yeah, he's immediately found guilty of attempted murder. Ten years in prison. He never gets charged with any crimes related to the hair snatching, but he has been found guilty in the court of public opinion as some of the paranoia dies down. Six years later, then Mississippi Governor Fielding Wright looked over the case, and he said, hey, let's have Dolan take a lie detector test. Yeah, because those uh, are super helpful. Right. People still mistook lie detectors for science at this time. And Dolan passed his polygraph test. He was given a limited suspended sentence. He was eventually set free. But now, uh, 1951, he became a free man, despite, you know, probably not being welcome in Pascagoula for the rest of his life. Sure. Uh, But now the thing is, as we close today's episode, you might not be surprised to learn that modern historians wonder whether Dolan was guilty of any crime at all because of some of the stuff you just mentioned in the zeitgeist at the time. Yeah, Ben, what was he actually convicted of? It was just for like this 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 home invasion and like the when, the, when we say attempted murder, the punching, like the the knocking out of the teeth, or w- w- which which crime exactly was he connected to? Yeah, he was with the assault on the Heidelbergs, the one with the iron bar. Got it. So the teeth knocking out incident. Uh, Just making sure I'm keeping these straight. But again, in in any of the court documents, maybe they tried to make the case, but it just didn't fly. I mean, obviously, you know, with these kinds of things, they want to have an ironclad case. They don't want to um, confuse the jury in any way, but they would have been so aware of this string of attacks. And the hair part of it was so front and center, right? I'm wondering how they were able to quiet the public's, you know, concerns if hair was not part of the equation? Yeah, it's a good question. At this point, you know, maybe the mob just wanted to see someone go down. And they all knew uh, that Dolan had ties to Germany. A lot of townsfolk considered him a traitor. It also would have been really easy to plant that hair, plant that hairball during Dolan's arrest. You could also tamper with the evidence that got sent to the FBI. But now at this point, we have to say it will probably never be clear whether Dolan was the genuine phantom barber of Pascagoula or whether he was a scapegoat who was sort of sacrificed on the altar of public safety, right? Or the Mm -hmm. altar of public um, comfort. There you go. There we go. And now this this draws to a close. Man, uh, I think we both love these stories, but no, we got to got to check with Max. Max, you joined up with Ridiculous History because you're pretty familiar with hair crime, correct? 
Sure, I, I know a lot about hair crime. You can go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Just in terms, you know, there's, there's, it comes in many shapes and sizes. I mean, you could consider a bad haircut to be a hair crime, you know, mm. against humanity or at the very least. Like a friend of mine recently got a haircut that ended up being something of a mullet. And even the barber or the stylist themselves were, were deeply apologetic and had to make it right. You can make amends for hair crimes, but there are some hair crimes that are unforgivable. Yeah, it's true. I think everybody's had a disappointing haircut at some point or another. I was actually growing up, I got threatened with hair crime by the lady who cuts young Ben Bolin's hair. I was, and, you know, I think she was trying to help me in retrospect. I want to see what you guys think. So I was a child of very particular and peculiar taste. Uh, I had a haircut that I liked. It was a bowl cut. And I wanted that. I thought, that's fine. I will wear jogging suits and have a bowl cut for the rest of my life. Nothing weird. And then she would regularly threaten me uh, with uh, that she was saying that if I did not behave, she was going to give me a mohawk. Oh, wow. Messing with me or helping me. I would have been so accidentally cool. Accidentally cool. No, it's true. I once have sported a flat top for a period. No uh, way. I did, which is a very 1930s kind of look. You know what I mean? Where it's shaved mm-hmm. on the side and it literally you have to style it with pomade uh, and it's, it's perfectly flat on the top. I remember I had this barber named Dennis who drove a motorcycle and I thought he was so cool. He kind of looked like Willie Nelson. But um, he was all about giving me this flat top and my parents seemed cool with it. Um, I also had a rat tail for a little while. Ooh, God, uh, The choices we make. Sometimes we, we, we can uh, commit hair crimes against ourselves that's true self-inflicted hair crime it's it's a big concern we should probably make a uh, charity or a non uh, uh, ngo specifically for hair crime but we'll have to do that off the air thanks so much for tuning in everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode we want to hear your stories of obscure local crimes especially the weirder the better honestly and we have an announcement you can Hopefully, by the time you hear this, you can send those suggestions to our email address. Brought it back. Finally did it. We gave Ridiculous Romance an email address. We had to also have one, you know? It it did seem like it was time. Um, People have been sending stuff. Well, actually, there was a time where we were calling out the email address as though it existed. uh, And then people were clearly firing letters off into the abyss. I wonder if those go someplace where now maybe they'll be redirected to us. Probably not. So if you've ever emailed us in the past at ridiculous at iHeartRadio.com, maybe give it another go. But um, we would really love to hear from you and uh, maybe we'll start doing an occasional mailbag episode. I think we should. We love hearing uh, suggestions for topics and we really just love hearing from you. So please do start again sending emails to ridiculous at iHeartRadio.com. While you're at it, while you're on the internet, you can also find us uh, as individuals. Uh, I am at How Now Noel Brown on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Get a peek behind the scenes of the stuff I'm working on for upcoming episodes at Ben Bolin HSW. Uh, you can also see my various visual misadventures at Ben Bolin B O W L I N on Instagram. Hey Max, thanks, thanks to our super producer Max, who's actually here. We don't get out much. This is very big. This is a big deal for us, Max. Yes. So thanks to Max. Thanks for actually being here uh, and hanging with us. Uh, We've been so lonely. Uh, Thanks to Max's uh, brother, uh, Alex, who composed this theme. True story. Thanks as well to our own uh, non-hair criminal research associate, Gabe Luzier. And of course, thanks to the my number one pick for a hair criminal here at iHeart, Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quister. I know what you're up to. Oh, yeah. We'll see you next time, folks.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.